This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Happy Tuesday, and welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. I'm in the studio with my wife, who finds everything that I do somewhat embarrassing. And uh, so we're really happy to have Brianne feeling in the studio with us. Brianne, how are you feeling today? <laughs> She's doing really great. If you're tuning in and you're thinking, what in God's green earth is happening? Um, I don't know, but we are really happy to have you with us today. For the next week or so, Brianne is going to be with us. And we have a whole bunch of counseling questions um, that have come in. And uh, I'm really excited to have you with us. So, Brianne, are you ready to get into today's question? Absolutely. Are you ready to draw some counseling and floral wisdom on our brains? I'll try my best. All right, there we go. The question for today is, how would you know God is changing you in your everyday life? I think a good question to equate this to is, how do we know our children are changing in their everyday life? And so often- How much money it costs me on shoes and underwear? Which has been- And pants? A lot lately. And shirts? But I think when we look at our children, we visit our relatives who maybe don't get to see them as often- people who see them maybe only on a weekly basis or a monthly basis. And oftentimes their reactions will be, oh my goodness, look how much you're growing. And when we live in the trenches with our children on the every day, sometimes we don't see these big developmental milestones being met because Mm. we see them every day. And so it comes in baby steps. And so we miss the overarching growth that we see happening. Sometimes we do have days where we see them and we see, wow, you couldn't do that yesterday. And today you can do that. I'm pretty sure these pants went down to your ankles yesterday, and today they're in the middle of your shins. Do you remember a couple years ago when um, I came downstairs and I was like, um, Elliot is enormous. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, what? I'm like, overnight. She's like twice the size. Like, I don't know what happened to my daughter. And then you're like, are you wearing your contacts? Yes, because Because sadly, (laughs) here's a public service announcement for the rest of the world. When Michael wears his contacts, the world is the real size. And he thinks we all look gigantic. Enormous. Like, I'm like, wow. Not a compliment. That person is twice the size I thought they were. And uh, it's really a weird thing. I don't know. All the glasses I wear, everyone can be self-conscious now. Like, I always look myself in the mirror. I'm like, I'm looking good. And then I put my contacts in. I'm like, I'm an enormous turd. Like, this is... Anyways, you were saying- Is that actually your thought process? It actually is. So with our children, we can sometimes see over large periods of time what is accomplished, and sometimes we can see it in the day-to-day. And it's the same thing in our hearts and how we see that God is changing us in our everyday life. When we have young children, we take them to the doctor often because they set measures for them to be able to meet, Mm. milestones for them to be able to meet, different markers and measures that we need to make sure they're attaining in a generally normal time span. Mm. And that's just an acceptable practice in the medical field as someone is developing, as someone is growing, is to watch it, is to measure it, is to see it happening and make sure we're watching all these different elements, their head size, their height, their weight. And I think a lot of times in the Christian world, we are too easy on ourselves or some other word that's similar to that. We are too lackadaisical in our approach to growth. If we grow, great. If we don't, well, whatever. Yeah. maybe we'll grow tomorrow. Mm. Maybe we'll grow the next week. Maybe the next Bible study will start, will make us grow. Mm. And we. I can't go to church this summer. I'm too busy. So I'll maybe grow I'll grow fall. later. Yeah, cool. And so I think for us, if we want to know how we are changing in our everyday life, we have to do the same thing and set measures for our growth. Mm. I think what's an 
an interesting illustration in our life is like watching our kids. So there's um, some good friends of ours. We've had dinner at their house most every Tuesday night for 12 years, something like that. But as we started to have kids every week at their house, rather than seeing them every day, week in and week out, there'd be things they couldn't do and food they would eat and wouldn't eat. And, mm-hmm. and uh, their home for us actually became like became a marker of our kids' growth. And uh, even sometimes like, we, you know, week in and week out, it wasn't that big of a deal, but it's very different than day in and day out. It's like watching grass grow or water boil. But like when you actually get to see these measures and um, it's it's really neat. But most people aren't thinking that, like you said, they're just not thinking that intentionally about it. It's like a days ago. Good word. Way to read the dictionary. And so I think another example I often think of is when people work out, people are so apt to set very specific oh, yeah. time oriented goals because they want to see themselves grow. They want to see themselves accomplish something and they Mm -hmm. want to see some problem area get taken care of or they want to see themselves get stronger in a certain area. So there's motivation. There's a clear concept of what they want to be. And then there's how they're going to get there. And I think as Christians, looking at our spiritual life, Paul tells us many times that he wants us to grow. He does not want us to be infants. He wants us to be mature in Christ, mm. that we're being transformed by the renewing of our mind and that we are not just infants, but we are growing up into maturity. And so I think a lot of times, like we said already, we don't pursue that with a developmental intentionality that could benefit so many of us if we were to grow up in grace towards this with a goal, with a plan on how to get there and with measures to be able yep. to see what those are. I think. There's a, a magical word that anybody's going to grow. Um, they get this. And the word is called discipline. Do you mm-hmm. want to get stronger? Discipline. Do you want to have less fat on your body? Discipline. Do you want to get smarter? Discipline. Do you want to go through school and succeed? Discipline. Everything you want in life requires discipline. And it's not easy because growing and getting the things you typically want to achieve almost always requires hard work because of sin. Nothing in this life is easy. It's interesting, though, because many people, when it comes to They have discipline in so many areas of their life, but when they get to their spiritual life, they lack discipline. I would say they take advantage of grace. Mm. Grace gives them an excuse to postpone discipline rather than compelling them to greater levels of discipline. It's a fundamental misunderstanding of grace. But for me, like as you think about, okay, what are the things that make people grow? It's going to just require specific decisions. So you may want to say, how do I know that I'm changing in my everyday life? Well, I can pretty much tell you this. You're not going to be changing if certain things aren't happening. Absolutely. So when we look at the question, how would you know God is changing us in our everyday life? We look at the concept of discipline, and that's kind of the overarching principle that we approach this with. We look at setting measures, and we look at setting a couple other aspects also. One, I believe, is incorporating other people in the process. Just like working out, just like your children's milestones, you're looking at other people to agree with or disagree with what you're seeing happening. And people who work out, (laughs) notice that's from an outside perspective. Those people people who work out, what I see oftentimes (laughs) when they solicit help from other people to give them their perspective, to hold them accountable, what they begin to see is a greater input into that. And Mm -hmm. I believe it's the same way in our desire to grow. The more that we ask other people what they're seeing in us, what they're seeing coming out of us, what they're seeing seeing going into us, That is a huge aspect of growth to be able to get their perspective on that. And also reflecting and asking the Holy Spirit to show us first and foremost how he sees us growing, how he sees us, what he is pleased with, the things that we are intaking to be able to provide nourishment to us and the things that are coming 
out of our hearts also. Yeah, so great illustration about a communal approach to change is, so I'm seeing this guy in our church, his name's Wade, he's a personal trainer. <laughs> and uh, Wade is like helping <laughs> Don't me Don't make me tell butt. these stories. So like, what was it, two nights ago, I come and sit down on the couch and I grab a pack of Cheetos and she's like, do you really want to be eating those right now? And you started Snapchatting videos of me. <laughs> and uh, and what was your first response? You ran into the laundry room and hid in the dark eating the Cheetos, laughing I, no, with I crumbs coming Cheetos. out of your that mouth as true. I was going to send way to those pictures. That is not true. There was, I did not eat them in the dark, nor did I have Well, the crumbs. light was off. Well, so one of the biggest elements of that is that, yes, you know that Wade is going to like slap you if he were to see you sitting on the couch like eating a bag burpees. of Cheetos, uh, yeah. as he should. I put them away and I, I realized. No, this is not a time to justify yourself. So <laughs> going on to the, the last element, one of the biggest things for watching ourselves grow and seeing how God is changing us in our everyday life is exactly what you are talking about in the opposite regard. That is making sure that we are <laughs> having the, opposite of your pastor. the elements of growth in our life. When our second daughter was born, when she was eight weeks old, she was diagnosed with failure to thrive. She was the skinniest little runt of a human mm. at that time. And no matter what we were doing to feed her, she was not seeming to keep weight. And, and she was growing in height, but she was just getting skinnier and skinnier. That was one of the scariest, most least favorite diagnoses I've ever gotten of my children. And it was a long time for us to recover from that failure to thrive diagnosis. Mm. And so one of the things we have to look at in our own lives is do we have that diagnosis on us? Are we failing to thrive? Other people may see it in our lives. Maybe they're not telling us. Maybe they are telling us. Our hearts often speak that to us. Sometimes we're deceived and we think we're doing awesome when yep. we're not. And But we have to make sure that we are having the proper elements of growth, the proper nourishment, yep. and the proper timing, the proper exercise that we're putting into these things that are helping us to thrive, helping us to grow, helping us to change. Can I throw out some metrics from my lens as a pastor that I see? Mm -hmm. So you talk about metrics, you know, so like with a kid, it's the size of your head, it's your growth, it's your weight, all this other stuff. And, um, and those things are their evidence, their metrics. They're not the things that necessarily cause the growth, but they're evidence that the I right call them things... measurements because we live in the United States, but yes, continue. What did I call them? Metrics. Oh, I'm sorry. I just pulled out my Canadian. I was going to say. I thought Ooh. I was just relating to you as Craig a former so Canadian. Proud. A couple things, right? So when I meet a Christian who's like, yeah, I don't tithe. I'm like immediately, like God does not have one of the most significant parts of your heart, which is tied to your money. It's a, it's a metric. It's a symptom. Um, it's interesting because as a pastor, um, people will say it must be really hard to preach on money. And it's not. I have never gotten one critical negative feedback on mm. any of the 15, 20 money sermons that I've ever given. You know the sermons I get the most feedback on? Serving. Because time is the new money. Mm -hmm. Time is now like when you ask people to serve, like we say attend one, serve one. Like attend a service a week and serve in a service or someplace throughout the week. I've had people in tears. I've had people angry at me. I've had people frustrated at me that I would ask them to serve and or that I would publicly say that. And it's really interesting, though, because how people approach using their gifts in the context of a local community tells me about their heart and where things are at. Um, their discipline. Um, discipline is one of these unique things that is not only a metric or measurement. It's also a catalyst. It goes both ways. But it sounds so silly. But if you're not in the word regularly, the word is the countermeasure against the culture's lies that mm -hmm. are being like our brain vacuums up culture's lies and the word of God like is 
is the only thing that cleans that out. Absolutely. And so I believe that that is our primary source of nourishment in order to grow is not just reading God's word, but actually digesting it yep. and actually allowing it to change us yep. and actually allowing it to affect the way we make decisions and behave mm -hmm. and the way that we interact with the world. And ultimately, what I believe it comes down to is when we see ourselves growing, we're bringing God more glory in every little aspect of our lives. Mm -hmm. Every little crevice of our heart, every action that we have is now bringing God the most glory and mm -hmm. the most weight. Or more compared to where you were at. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that's, I think, a huge measurement of the way that we grow is are we bringing God glory mm -hmm. in every little detail of what we're doing? So there's like the positive end of things. And so in my brain, when I when I try to talk to people about how they're growing, I want to look at um, one level. It's okay. What are you doing? Okay. What mm -hmm. things are shifting? What things, what positive things are happening? But I, I think for most people, they can point back and I can look at them and say, what is something you struggled with one year ago that yes. is not a struggle today? Yeah. What is something that you have overcome? Here's the challenge about overcoming is that as you grow in the Lord, let's say you overcome three major sins in your life. There's like three more ready to pop right. up, you know, that you are maybe not aware of because God doesn't show you everything. But I love looking back and saying, okay, um, what what is no longer part of your life? What was a temptation but is no longer? What was mm -hmm. a, like a behavior that you were doing that now is just a temptation? Mm -hmm. And so not only do we have the growing part of it, but I also want to look at the overcoming part of it to help people look at it from both directions. One of the things I think of often is that we never want to be the same person that we were a year ago. Yep. And so sometimes even with like different holidays or events, that's an easy embedded calendar in our minds yep. to be able to compare how we handled those kind of events, how we just went about bringing God glory again like in all those different I punched elements. my brother in the face. Oh, I didn't do that this year. Good for me. Right. That's growth. I didn't do that, by the way. That was no. uh, that was my other brother. That was another brother a couple <laughs> years ago. So I think one of the biggest things is just looking at, do we have these elements of growth in our lives? Are we setting measures or metrics mm -hmm. to be able to see that we're, we're growing, inviting the opinions and the feedback from other people? so that we have a well-rounded perspective yep. so that those blind spots are being demolished yep. and also just looking at things over periods of time in the daily life, but also yep. over periods of time to be able to see how we're growing. I love the communal approach. I think that's great. We do it everywhere else in life. You need training, you need help, you need growth, you know, everywhere, everywhere in life, we go get help. And then somehow in our spiritual life, we're like, I got it. Right. I can do this. I am an island. I am an island. Name that, name that singer. Paul Simon, I win. All right, um, Bill Church, mm. it was a pleasure having you. Actually, si sorry, Simon and Garfunkel. I am oh. a rock. I am an. I was born a little later than you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bill uh, Church, welcome back. No, not welcome back. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> We're gonna. You totally have me confused right now. Tomorrow we are gonna answer another question. Brian will be back with us, and the question is this: If a Christian expresses sexual intimacy with another outside of marriage. Is that Christian forever held to be impure? That's a great question. Let's go at it.